so we went to make blind date and we were sitting in the gallery Paul O'Grady's on the floor and it's the exact box so me and Matt Donder in and there's Sean who's the commissioner big shot uh, and we get ushered into the exact box where all the execs sit to make the show and the three of us sat down and it all kicks off and we're listening and I just remember looking over going where are all the adults how could we be in here you know this is this is this cannot be actually happening Sean is the boss and yeah. me and Matt in the company I was like this is something really I was looking for our old boss yeah because we can't be the people we can't be the people in charge it cannot be and, then and that was the- a real moment you know the people are looking at you saying like, wait, you guys are our bosses, sorry. Yeah. When everybody's we looking just, around being like, sorry, yeah. <laughs> who's who's from the show here? <laughs> it's a real wake up moment. And we were like, oh my God. And then the show went really well and we, and we left, we went and got a beer after it. And I'm like, I'm getting away. this just seems to be working. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Finterviews. I'm your host, Connor Finn. And on this week's episode, I was thrilled to have a chat with someone who not only has one of the most interesting careers, but has actually been an old boss of mine. It is, of course, the brilliant Kieran Doherty. Kieran is a joint MD of Stellify Media, an award-winning TV production company known for making everything from Netflix game shows and BBC dating series to Blind Date, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and virtually everything in between. We talked about Kieran's surprising journey from the call centres to Sony partnerships, following your creative instinct, and the struggle of being interviewed by a past employee after a night out in the drink. Kieran was such a wonderful guest to have on the show, and I was delighted to be able to sit down and pick his brains and finally find out why he never actually had an office in Stellify. <laughs> so, without further ado, please enjoy this latest episode of Finterviews with the brilliant Kieran Doherty. Well, thank you so much, and welcome to another episode of Finterviews. My guest this week is, of course, the brilliant Kieran Doherty. How's it going, Kieran? What was it, marriage or honesty? Thank you. It's going very well. It's going very, very well indeed. <laughs> I do try to f- flatter my guests. Yeah, it's a it's a good way to un yeah un unhinge them so that you can get all the juicy bits out. Um, but how's everything going for yourself? You're uh, struggling a bit today, so so you've been telling me. Yes, I wish I wish I was dead. I went out last night for I went out yesterday afternoon. Took a half day with Matt Worthy, who's um, my business partner and Paddy McKenna, who is our old head of development, has his own company now. Uh, and we met up because we were, you know, COVID getting a bit easier to go out in town for a socially distanced dinner and a quiet drink because we're all men of a certain age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it ended horribly. And I wish I was dead. I genuinely wish I was dead. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be, a, I mean, ugh, suddenly aware of my own mortality. I can't drink <laughs> anymore. Maybe Horrific. this is death and this is just, you know, this kind of purgatory <laughs> stage where you just get interviewed by, yeah, old old people. Yeah. Um, that Young, you thought... successful people are going to interview me and it's like, oh, it's okay, <laughs> God, fine, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if people, you're chatting there about Matt and uh, going out for some drinks and stuff like this, but um, if people kind of don't know you, um, shaming them, honestly, it's a bit rude. Uh, but explain to the people on the podcast what you do, what your kind of background, and um, yeah, like just a little bit about yourself. Introduce um, what you are, because I think I would probably um, uh, say something else that uh, wouldn't be so, appropriate. Yeah, so, yeah, that's all that yeah. I really have for this. <laughs> fair, that's absolutely, that's absolutely fair. Uh, well, I am the co-founder and joined MD of a company called Stellify Media, which is a TV company. Um, and we make game shows and quiz shows and reality game shows and, and things like that. And me and Matt have been doing that now for about seven years as a as a team to us. 
like a mad, he's my work husband. It's a mad sort of relationship <laughs> where he, like, he despises me, I think. Yeah, I call him my brother and he calls me his colleague. So isn't that, <laughs> it's, it's lovely, isn't it? It's a real, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. So we've done about seven years. Um, and then the, the guy who I mentioned there, Paddy McKenna, was our head of development for a long time and then set up his own company called Play the Game. And he does a lot of entertainment game shoes, quiz shoes, that sort of stuff. Um, and we're all old, old mates. So, you know, but we all think we're younger than we are. That's what we've discovered. That's what I've had to come to terms with. We all think we're younger. So that's what I do. Um, our big show at the minute, the one that's on right now, is Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? So that is what we're currently kind of pushing out right now. Yeah, I think uh, you, you round off pretty pretty neatly there. Yeah, um, I suppose as well, like obviously big um, NI man yourself. Like I think um, that's probably one of the main things that I've like taken away from this as well from kind of discovering about uh, yourselves and obviously actually working a couple of shows and bits and pieces like this. When you kind of try to explain to people like what Stellify does and, you know, where it's kind of came from and yourselves, you know, creating it. It's been a bit mad, like as you said, yous um yous are doing millionaire at the moment. There's blind date, celebrity, you know, Snoop Dogs, Flinch, like you're hitting all the mark. Like, I mean, is there any channels that yous haven't hit yet that um yous are thinking, uh, maybe maybe might get around there because uh yeah, Amazon. like Amazon. 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 Okay. They do yeah. great deliveries and I need a show on there and then that would be me happy. I get the stage because <laughs> I got on Amazon. It'd be perfect. Well, I mean, talking about from uh Obviously, we want to get Amazon. Amazon's actually sponsoring this, so it's great. Yeah, they'll listen right up. Yeah, yeah. They don't know it yet, but like, yeah, like, um, I'm. Whatever you can do, whatever you can yeah, do, I'd really uh, appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> <you can> <laughs> but, um, yeah, obviously, talking about all the kind of shows that, um, you yourself have been part, like, part of and your company's all created, like, it's been amazing. But tell us about this. When did you first kind of discover this passion for media, TV, like, was it something that you'd always gravitated towards or was there another potential path that you had in mind? Because for, you know, like, it's it's not something that, like, a lot of people can really say, oh, yeah, I had, like, I knew that I wanted to make TV shows or whatever like this. Like, I mean, the industry up north, I think, it is big for the stuff that we make, but, like, on international scale, like, not everybody before, say, Game of Thrones or, like, yourselves, um, Stellify, people wouldn't really, like, known us on the map that well. So did you have a kind of thing where you said, I really want to go down this path and I want to put, you know, the city on the map or because essentially it has, like, if you think about it, like it's. That was my, that was my overriding dream is to put Belfast on the map. I remember telling myself, <laughs> if there's one thing you can do, Karen, it'll be to put Belfast on the map. No, it was none to do. I'm only interested in invoicing. Kind of, you know, <laughs> You're um, like, no, I seen, I seen money. <laughs> yeah, I like, well, this seems to pay reasonably well. Okay, I'll have a crack at that. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't, like most people growing up, I didn't know you could work on TV. It didn't occur to me that there was jobs in television because you never saw yourself on TV. You never heard, I mean, I know we're, we're always people like us are always on TV, but just, I never saw anybody that I knew or it's always a million miles away from me. Well, I wanted to be a writer. I always wanted to be a writer. And um, so I was always spent all my time in White Rock, Rock Labour. Loved it in there. And I understood that you could be a writer and write books. So I, I would, in my head, I'll write books. And then as I got a bit older, I was like, all right, I need to make a living. And when I was in secondary school, um, I thought, all right, if, if you want to be a writer, writing books is like a long-term thing, but you could get paid to be a journalist. So I'll become a journalist. That's what I'll do. I'll, I'll become a journalist um, and get paid to write. That was my plan. Failed every exam put in front of me and then went to work in a call center for the, for the most part and um, so it never occurred to me and then i realized so because i watched a lot of movies i was like oh somebody has to write the movie 
So you're a screenwriter if you have to write movies. And then I looked into becoming a screenwriter and I thought, right, I'll be a screenwriter in the background while being a journalist. And then I did absolutely none of those things. And I got a job in a, in a, in a call center just to pay the bills. But I always wanted to create. I was always writing and trying to create stuff and things like that. And then um, I got a job in TV in a very roundabout way. I had my own company. I was saying about this today. Actually, Stellify is my third company that I've started. And I hadn't even realized yeah, I, yeah. Well, I, 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 I had the, the other last. two were essentially they were they were well you go great interview, well done, good start. Uh, uh, clearly my research, yeah. I, I really do deep dive in this kind of thing. Yeah. I actually like to be yeah, as shallow as possible. Right, really, that's... Diner, right there. <laughs> well, the, the other two were shell companies for all my money, you know, it's just they were fraud enterprises. No, I did but I worked in an outdoor shop. I worked in a shop called Tizos, that's where I met my wife. Um I selling tents and camping equipment and that sort of stuff. And I worked there full time. And while I was in there, I realized that uh, there's all like it was camping and climbing stuff, as you know, the morns. It's massive. I didn't know anything about it until I got pretended I did to get the job. And then I was like, this is actually quite an interesting camping's brilliant. You, you bring your carry out, you go up a mountain, you have crack, your mates is class. But there was loads of competitions. And I thought, I'll, I'll get cameras and I'll film the competitions and I'll sell the, the DVDs back to the people that are in the competitions that's going to make money so me and a, a couple of mates we called our company uphill productions because we were only going to do outdoors videos and then obviously that tanked that didn't work uh, <laughs> it was a experience for everybody and then i went back to school to do a gmbq when i was like 21 or something i went back to do a gmbq in media um, and then i did a hnd in media and while i was at tack because I, I had no a level so i couldn't i couldn't do any while i was at tack doing that um, the tutors are Joe McKinney, an amazing man. Peter Rooney, an amazing, like really just inspiring people. They told me I could borrow the equipment. So me and two mates, Danny Nash and Ian Newton, set up a wedding company called, what do we call our wedding company? I can't remember. In any event. <laughs> Clearly, we, we, we yeah, were, we it skyrocketed. Yeah. You had to leave it before it got yeah. too big. Yeah. Fortunes, fortunes made. Uh, <laughs> and we, we were shooting wedding videos. That's what we were doing. So we were taking, the, we were taking all the equipment out. Well, they, they knew very kindly and didn't say anything because you're not supposed to. They yeah. were out on a Friday, shoot the weddings and bring it back on a Monday and then cut the DVDs on Final Cut that fell off the internet back home, get it all chopped up and then, <laughs> and, and do that for the, the brides and the grooms. And we were, like, it was a nice, wee steady part-time income. I was, by that stage, I was working in the call centre. Yeah. We were doing that for the crack. And then on the way, we were driving down to the Giants Causeway, which I don't like. It's just loads of bricks. And we were, I was in the back of the car and I had... <laughs> Somebody had put the Belfast Telegraph and I was reading it in the back of the car thinking, you learn to swear in this place? Anyway, in the back of the car thinking, why am I going to the Giants Causeway? It's loads of bricks. I've seen it before and it's cold and there's none to do. And there's an ad in the back of the paper said, do you have TV ideas? Would you like to work on TV? No experience necessary. I thought, well, that's me. I have no experience and I have all these ideas. And I phoned my mates to say, I'm going to apply for this. I'm never going to get it, like, but I'm going to apply. But if I did get it, we'd have to shut the wind company off. Do you know what I mean? That was the end of everybody's work, guys. I'm so sorry. Divest your stocks. We have to close the company. Yeah. Yeah. I got the job. That was me. It was my first job on TV. And where was the, where was the, where was the job in? Just out of interest. It was a company called Wild Rover. I have to say it like this, because when I said, most people don't understand me, Wild Rover. (laughs) If I said normally, Wild Rover, it sounds like Wild Rover. (laughs) So when you're, Specifically, when you're talking to um, English people, because we obviously at Wild Rover, we did a lot of big shows. So I'd be mm-hmm. speaking to like London producers, and I go, hey, "It's Karen from Wild Rover," because they can't hear my arm. Yeah, like but the picking up. That was my first job. 
Picking up the phone and be like, oh, it's Kater from Y Rover, what's happening, bye. Are you fellas supposed to crack on me? I'm doing the same thing. So I had to, had to moderate my language and my, and my accent so they could understand. But yeah, so that was it. So that's, that's how I got in. But I didn't know I wanted to work on TV. Mm. And even when I got the job, I remember walking up the road. I did a, I did a, uh, a dry run because I didn't know I didn't know the Lisbon Road very well. Didn't I drank in the time, but that was as far as I went. I'm from I'm West Belfast and I didn't really stray beyond West Belfast. So I thought, Jesus, I may find out where this company is. So I'm not late on my first day. Mm-hmm. So I went for a walk. I got the bus down and then didn't want to get a bus up Lisbon Road because was, I was terrified to get on the wrong bus and getting lost. So I walked up the Lisbon Road. It's not that far. It's just a past the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it. It was like, sweet, man. No, how long it takes me to get here. I'll be class. But on the way up, I phoned a mate, a guy called Ray Lau, who's another big TV sort of person. Um, because I used to be a barman in the Empire and Ray ran the comedy night. And Ray also worked in TV. And when I got the TV job, I phoned Ray and said, what does a development researcher do? Because mm-hmm. that's the job. That's the job I've just got. What do they do? And Ray said, they do whatever they're told to do. <laughs> that was his advice. I was like, all right, cheers, Ray. As open and frank as always. Thank you kindly. And then that was it. So I didn't even know really what the role was mm-hmm. other than you have to have ideas. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Have ideas? Like, <laughs> do we all line up against the wall and you've got to shout out an idea or, or you read it down on a wee paper airplane and, you know, what do you mean have ideas? <laughs> just, do, just do as you're told. I was like, all right, well, Jesus, I can do that. And that was me. So that was, so I didn't know I wanted to do this, but here I am. Years later. And then I suppose, like, how did you, like, go from all of that into establishing what is, you know, one of the biggest, you know, well, production companies, like, up north at the moment? Like, how did that kind of all fall in from doing, as you said, not want to do anything like it at all, but you were constantly kind of find different opportunities to get into some kind of way that's creative, but also making a bit of money. Like you're obviously quite entrepreneurial in that sense. But what then happened to launch off into Stellify with Matt? Like, we, yeah, it's funny. So we did, we, Matt and I both worked at that, at the other company for about nine years, nearly 10 years. Jesus. So he, he came in, yeah, it was, they were there a long time. And Matt and I, when you know me and Matt, we're like unlikely bedfellows. We're, we're, <laughs> everybody thinks we're really different. We're actually really the same. Yeah. Except he's just massively tall. Yeah. I'm average, average height, if anybody's asking. So like, we're very different, but we're very similar. And we shouldn't, re- the two of us shouldn't have really gotten on the way we did. You know, we just, because we circled each other when he came into development. I, I was in development and then he came in later than me. Um, and he had much more experience than I was. He was much better at it than I was. But him and I just sort of circled each other like wild animals to try and figure out right, who's in charge, how does it work? And then we, it just clicked and we became like this development team. And then we worked, you know, in each other's pockets continually for like seven or eight years. And then I I wanted to own my own IP. I wanted the, the shows that I was creating with Matt, the shows that we were creating, I should say, I wanted to own them. The company owns them. You know, when you, when you make them, when you pitch them for a company, the company owns them. And and that's, that is absolutely right and proper, especially now that I have my own development team, Tom Pope, if he's listening, I own the ideas, Tom, even though they're yours. <laughs> so this is the circle of life, my friend. But my old boss used to say, I pay you for all the shit ones as well as the good ones. So when the good one goes out, you don't get to keep it because I paid you for all the bad ones too. And I thought that's fair. Um, but at a certain point, I was like, I just felt that what I wanted to do creatively and the type of shows I wanted to make and the, the sort of conversations I wanted to be having didn't quite fit within what that company was doing. And I thought, I'm just going to go. I'll just set up my own, fingers crossed. And I, I sort of assumed, hopefully, that I would get some writing work because through the years at, at Wild Rover, I'd written TV shows as a freelancer. So I'd written kids' TV, Sesame, Sesame Tree, 
um, for Colin Williams at 16 South. They've written a couple of series of that and a few other bits and bobs. So I was doing okay as a writer. I was getting some freelance work as a scriptwriter. Um, and Ray Lowe gave me my first writing job writing comedy for radio. So I was getting me bits and pieces. So I figured I'd take myself over uh, as a writer, God willing, and I'll go back to the call center. Or I'll go back to the bar if I have to, and then I'll just be creating ideas and we'll, we'll have this company. And then Matt said, because I didn't even really ask him, I just thought that's what I'm going to do. And then him and I went for a coffee and he said to me, I think we should go into business for ourselves. I think we should get out and just have a crack at it. And I was like, Jesus, I was already doing it. And I sounded like that. No, I was going to do it anyway, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, um, yeah right. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was doing it, I was doing it before you. I mean, it's not your idea, it's my idea. Um, but I don't think I don't think I'd have went into I don't think I'd have started a production company without him. I was going to go off and be a writer and try and be a creative, but I didn't want to make anything because Matt was always the the sort of him and I are the, the creatives behind the shows. But Matt's really good at making them. That was his thing, bigger. Um, so I don't think I'd have done a production company. So the fact he said, "Look, let's why don't we have a crack at it ourselves?" I thought, "Well, Jesus, if you're coming, then yeah, let's just do it. Let's just form a company and we'll, we'll do our best." And then we thought. And it's, it's, it was naive on our part, but, but it played to our favor. We were like, well, I, I don't really want, if we're going to try and start a company, we need to broaden our shoulders. So the, the North does not need another two-man band trying to get like a, a two-parter away. Do you know what I mean? We'll start yeah. I had a very young child. He had a young child. Mm. I was like, well, we'll, we'll die starvation. So we should try and see if we can get anybody to invest yeah. in the company. Why would they not? You know? Exactly. There's a million reasons why they wouldn't. As it turns out, there's a hundred million reasons why they wouldn't. And we found them all out as we went along. But, because of the success we'd had creating the shows at Weld Rover, we just got loads of interest. So the minute we stepped out and said, we're out, we're seeing if everybody wants to invest. Lots of people were interested. We had loads of brilliant meetings. And then we settled on, say settled on, huh? we uh, went with Sony. So Sony invested. In I mean, yeah, us. you just went with Sony. Oh, God. Just thought, I'll try Sony. Friggin', you know, yeah. I, I, as you do. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was like, yeah, for, maybe just Sony will do. Oh, whatever. That seemed fine. Hand them out, hand them out, Sony. <laughs> We'll give them a go. Um, but they, they so they backed us. And it was great. And they helped set us up. And we set up Stella as a joint venture. So me and Matt and Sony set up the company. And, and that was seven years ago. And, and it was it was for the creative freedom to kind of go in whatever direction you wanted to go in, have whatever meetings you wanted to have, push the ideas you wanted to push, all that sort of stuff. And everybody goes through it at some point, you know. It's just totally normal. Um, and the best thing about being part of Sony is uh, when you've got, you know, the likes of Wayne Garvey, who's running the thing, um, president or something. I don't know the type complete title is but it's president of something um it's just a really creative space and, he, and they're there to help but they allow you to kind of be creative and they want you to be creative so it's been it's been a really fun seven years now still like seven years old friggin really fun time yeah yeah it's been grand man. <laughs> better way, there's i mean i can't think of i can't think of too many better ways to make a living genuinely it is a it's a it's hard work like and it's stressful but it's crack you know I mean? like i mean i suppose there is that like there's that payoff though like even if it is something that like you're stressing out about like or you know if i say i think if you're relaxed in something is it worth doing like because then there's no payoff at the end of it yes. so what's wrong with you of course it is oh yeah if you're relaxed well, and there's no stress that's the best <laughs> like i could quite happily stay in bed all day that sounds <laughs> and are you saying that now or just because you're hungover like <laughs> yes you see how grey my hair has gone over the last couple of years oh gosh yeah see, see i was trying to dye my hair to try and get in that like so that when i started going grey people wouldn't even notice like yeah that's that's where i was gonna go yeah oh yeah <laughs> see i've got the bags <laughs> under the eyes so that's already like there um Not but well. i suppose that's mad just even the trajectory that you kind of went around it but um you kind of touched upon this earlier and i do enjoy i mean 
I'm I'm not even sure if like you can, everything that you've done has kind of been character building in a sense. Um, but I always do ask my guests the kind of maybe odd jobs that they've done that probably informed the person and the stuff that they've made today. But I mean, I suppose <laughs> every job that you've done has been a bit odd in that sense where it's kind of been, I did this to get on to the next thing. Like I wanted to, yeah, like you, yeah. you kind of just been very strategic it almost seems um i mean it's, yeah it's, when, when it's you look off back, now. <laughs> yeah when you look you can look back and you can string it all together and make it sound like you're you know make it sound like some sort of strategy but it was it, it's been a you know just been a collection of just lucky little breaks and yeah working on jobs like all my jobs have been sales jobs yeah and then so I you all just been selling it job. yeah really so you know yeah I suppose I mean, our job i'm always telling our development team and everyone else and, and tom and i t- puts it out to the team as well is it we we all work in sales. If you can't sell the idea, then you know there's no money coming in. We got to turn off all the lights. So it, it's no point having the best idea if you can't sell it. Because you know what are you going to do? It'll sit in the drawer and we'll all be broke. So I, I think that the, the working on those sales jobs really helped me out because you get over the embarrassment of trying to sell something. And there's a slight so I don't know where it's in our in our sort of DNA. We are a bit like oh god, I'm trying to sell you this idea. I'm a bit embarrassed. And I don't want you to feel awkward about not saying yes or no blah 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 i don't have any of that anymore because i had to do these sales jobs selling credit cards and overdrafts and i work for abby nice which doesn't even exist anymore Santander now. um so i do so i think that really helped me out and then i, I worked at the docks for a couple of days with my dad and i nearly died twice and i thought i can't do that anymore and shit at manual labor jesus you're out in the docks and everything frank yeah. you you are proper belfast lad like but but I went down. I was there for the fashion because I liked the monkey hat and the, the, the duffel coat and all the gear. And I was like, this looks class. But it wasn't for me. It was not for me at all. Um, and then, what else did I do? Was it the docks for a while? Two days at the docks. But I tell people I worked at the docks, two days. That was it. But I make it sound like, I don't know, I could do stuff. My work experience when I was in secondary school was uh, as a welder. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Your work experience, I went to... <laughs> Like I've heard, I've heard people obviously going off to do their apprenticeships and stuff like this. But your literal work experience, you decided, right? Um, what's what got going around? Like you, you welder. went to welding. I was a welder. <laughs> it was a week's work experience, and I did one day. And I was like, "This is not for me." Thanks. And I just went for that. I'll not I can't be imagine why not. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just thought, nope, not for me. Cheers. Uh, this is not for me. I mean, it's a great job, and the guys up there—they're all dead sound. I'm sort of nuts corner of the NIA. It's like, get me out. I'm going home. And then as soon as it was done, oh, I'm not going back out. So I'm not a welder. I can't work at the docks. I'm no good with my hands. I'm not good at anything physical that requires effort. Mm. So it became jobs in the town and shops. Yeah, you very much. Yeah, you you, you obviously just got like pushed into a wall to get into TV. Really, like you didn't (laughs) really have much of an option in the whole thing. Yeah, just Just ordained. Oh God! But um, I suppose from that, like, God, I I don't even know if I can ask you this question because I don't know if there's really an answer that you can give. But um. Yeah, okay, like, hold your breath, it's not going to be anything too fucking staunchy. But um, <laughs> what exactly then, for, I suppose, it's something that I've wondered, um, what do you actually do? No, uh, what does an average day look like for yourself? Like, is there any day the same now that you've got to this stage that where you are, you know, constantly selling like days, you're juggling things? Like, over lockdown, I know that's obviously changed everybody's workload and stuff like this. But, like, from that, like... Do you have a kind of particular schedule or like, because I know, as you said, you'll be flying over to London and different things like this. And um, I suppose from that as well, like, 
has there been any like particular standout moments so far that you've found in your career? Um, that's a bit of a loaded question. Um, tell me about <laughs> your daily schedule and also what's the coolest thing that you've done. But um, I'm chucking it out there. So um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really have. I don't have a daily schedule as such. I don't think I do. We have. There's a there's a great team of people now working at Salify. Like a, I mean, a, like professional people who do amazing work, and so there's less and less for me and Matt to be doing, which is great. Because I know it's firstly I'm lazy. I've been very clear about that. But also, what me and Matt were always always enjoyed was being being creative and having ideas and thinking strategically and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And in the early days of Stellify, we were doing that plus making all the shows. So it was quite hard to get going. Then you build up a, de- a development department. You get Tom and and Paul and the rest of the guys, Aaron now and and those guys, and and they're amazing. Mm. And so you sort of have development kicking over. But then you get the likes of Michelle Walsh and Tracy O'Neill, and then they come in. To, to help run production and we've got Vicky um, who if you've, you've met Vicky just is the boss of everyone which is great <laughs> so we have this brilliant infrastructure in the company which frees me and Matt up quite a bit to kind of pop around so Matt and I exact produce um, all the shows that are coming out of Stalify so we're usually there for the creation of them pitching them and then once you bring in the people who are making them then we sit around that for you know, because we're the ones that sold into the channel, we have to make sure we deliver what we sold. So the producer says, you know, I think I'd like to paint this blue and turn left, but it's not what you had said earlier. Then I, we have to decide, well, I think we can still consider that the thing we sold and we'll be yeah. okay. And sometimes you got to no, no, we cannot go left. I promised everyone we would go right. We have to go right. So our job is just to oversee it all. So you kind of, you're in all sorts of different places. You're doing little bits and stuff. Um, it's busy, but it's not busy, busy. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm never really, I'm never really doing anything. But I'm always thinking about something. So my brain's always taking over. So I always look like I'm doing nothing. I am doing nothing. But my brain's taking over. I'm thinking about something else. And then I did a thing, which is the, the smartest thing I ever did, was when we were setting up the office, we moved. We were in a wee small office years ago. And we set up, I think, yeah, seven years ago. And it was tiny. It was too big, too small for us. And we started to expand and get bigger and bigger. And we moved to this new place in Hard Street. And we were trying to decide where everyone was going to sit. And we didn't really want to take up too much space. So we were like, well, me and Matt will share an office. And Matt, and you know, yeah, I consider a brother. He calls me colleague. Said, "I don't want to share an office with you. I want my own office because I talk too much." And I was like, "Right, that's class. Are we breaking up?" So, <laughs> as we were trying to figure out where to put everybody, I was like, "I, firstly, Matt doesn't need an office, right? But he'd never accept it. I certainly don't need an office. That's space that could be better used by people who need an office. Mm-hmm. So I don't need one then. Like in a real sort of moment of like, well, you know, screw you. I'm not taking an office. I'm not having one. So I didn't take an office. So when they allocated, when Vicky worked out everybody was going to sit." I don't have an office. So no one ever knew where I was at any given point in the day. Which is fantastic. No fix- <laughs> Isn't that amazing? There was no fixed point for me to be. So no one knew where I was. And once I realized, I was like, oh my God, that's liberating. So I would just vanish. Mm. And nobody would know where I was. And we've now moved, we're moving to an even bigger office now. Um, and we're putting, because we have two offices in that building and we're bringing, but that means we're in two different rooms. So we're moving to one giant room so we can all be together. And they were working out where everybody's sitting and they came around to me, where, where would you like your office? And I was like, I, I'm not having one, thanks. I don't have an office. And grand cheers. Uh, yeah. I'm away. You'll get me in Starbucks or any other, uh, you know, <laughs> coffee shop. That's what you, if you're looking for. So that was that was that was brilliant for me. I don't I don't have a place. Matt likes to go in somewhere and close the door, so people leave him alone. Mm-hmm. And I like that no one knows where I am. I mean. Yeah, I, I suppose those are those are the big moments. And uh, from from obviously um, 
being uh, an invisible, you know, exact producer that, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, w- works the magic in the background, yeah, but, like, n- nobody actually knows about it. I suppose, yeah, what has kind of been any particular stand- stand- standout moments? Sorry, I'm just trying to get the words out. Have you had any particular standout moments or anything in your career so far that you've thought, Jesus, I did not see this, you know, happening mm. to me? Or have you always just kind of been nothing's been off the charts you've been like oh yeah i can get that yeah 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 i know everything's <laughs> everything has been oh my god and you nine times out of ten you're thinking we're getting away with this we seem to be getting away with this this feels like it's starting to work and there's been so getting our first production um can't touch this on bbc we were a brand new company we had it we got a 10 part saturday night um special uh, series and we had zoe ball and sue perkins and um actually banjo in this first proper presenting role and they were amazing people. So we suddenly like, you're like, oh my God. So that was amazing. Um, and and every production feels like that, every commission. But there was a moment, there's a commissioner called Sean Doyle. Don't know if you know, he works for Channel 4. He used to work for Channel 5. But years and years and years ago, he worked at Wild Rover when me and Matt were there. And he did like a year. So we all became fast mates, just having a crack in the office. Never sold a single thing. That year he was there, me and Matt didn't sell anything. Paddy didn't sell anything. He was also there, Paddy Canada. Sean couldn't get a thing away. But we were making shows. Yeah, I was making all the magic shows and Matt was making all the game shows. Anyway, long story short, Sean goes off and his career goes, you know, to the moon. He's commissioners and all that sort of stuff. And then he's a commissioner at Channel 5 and he commissioned us to make Blind Date with Paul O'Grady. And so we went to make Blind Date and we were sitting in the gallery. Paul O'Grady's on the floor and it's the exact box. So me and Matt found her in and there's Sean, who's the commissioner, Big Chad, uh, and we get ushered into the exact box where all the execs sit to make the show. And the three of us sat down and it all kicks off and we're listening. And I just remember looking over going, Where are all the adults? How could we be in here? You know, this is this is this cannot be actually happening. Sean is the boss and yeah. me and Matt own the company. I think this is something really I was looking for our old boss. Yeah. Because we can't be the people we can't be the people in charge. It cannot be. And then and that was the, a real moment, you know. The people are looking at you saying like Wait, you guys are our bosses, sorry. Yeah. When everybody's we looking just, around and being like, sorry, yeah. <laughs> who's who's real, the show here? <laughs> it's a real wake-up moment. And we were like, oh my God. And then the show went really well and we and we left. We went and got a beer after. And we're like, I think we're getting away with this. This seems to be working. And it was great. Paul agrees, amazing. So it was little things like that where you go, I can't believe we're making. Firstly, can't believe we're making Blind Date. Secondly, can't believe we're in charge. That's insane. And it was a similar feeling when we got Millionaire away got it back for its 20th anniversary and we made some um, changes to it you know they asked the host and and the because the, sony owned the rights to it so you had to get the rights off sony to make it but they they guard those rights like gold dust you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to tweak millionaire you know they, they keep it tight but wayne and the and the sony department well because we went back and i said we've got some ideas that made you know jazz it up a bit make it a bit because it doesn't need anything the, the show's perfect it doesn't need anything we're going to do we said we just got a few things would be fun to try do you want to try them and one of them was my favorite one of them is ask the host which splits every room people love it and hate it but i think it's great um and they let us they let us do that that's the joy of sony they went okay well that seems to work we like that why don't you go ahead and do it so make a millionaire sitting in the box watching clarkson being the people in charge is another thing you go christ already yeah nothing bad happens because i'm ill prepared to deal with anything Yeah, and if so, anybody yeah. does need to know where you are, sure you vanish anyways. It's like maybe he's exactly. in his office. What office, huh? Was it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's like maybe he's went back to Weldon. We don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> it's my dream is always my dream. <laughs> but um, I'm yeah. I think Jesus, that's just been an absolute whirlwind. And I suppose 
I don't want to kind of be keeping you too much longer anyways, because I can see that you are physically, gonna yeah, yeah, you're going to be yeah. sick. Um, just by the side of me and also, yeah, I, I get you as well. Um, this is why actually I made it completely like an auditory, yeah, form. Like, uh, I didn't <laughs> want to do video. I didn't, that's why podcasts, because if people see me as well, geez, the God. No one needs to see this. No one needs to see Absolutely this. Absolutely not. But, um, <laughs> tell us then, um, what does the future hold for here? And are there any big plans on the horizon or like still dreams, bucket lists that you want to take off? Or is it very much like, I mean, as it's been going on before, you're just kind of, it's chance to your arm and seeing what goes on. But um, obviously that kind of seems to be working. Or is there any yeah, big things so that far. are, <laughs> is there any big things in the horizon that we should keep an eye out for yourself and stuff? I think we're going to, Matt and I have, we've been um, talking, especially over COVID, which is quite nice. Um, we, we've had time to sit and think and talk, which you don't usually get. Um, but we're, about the different things we, we're planning to do with Stellify and the next sort of three, four, five years of Stellify. What what are the plans for that, the expansion of it? And um, yeah, we got some interesting things that will be announcements soon. Uh, on the bucket list, I think me and Matt both have a desire to make a show in America, but I don't know why. Because I don't particularly want to go there, but but we do have this thing where we'd love to get a show. We made we made a show for Fox. Um, for, can't touch this. We made a we made a pilot for Fox at the end of Can't Touch This, and they didn't take it, which is you know heartbreaking but normal. Um, and we enjoyed the process, but we'd love to get a show away in America. I think that's. But again, there's no reason for that. You know, getting the show away anywhere is brilliant. America is just being greedy. France. Yeah. I think I'm being greedy. Right <laughs> Invoicing, as you know, is my favorite thing to do. I love the invoice, but. I think we would just from a career perspective, getting the show away in the States would be a big deal. So I think that's something him and I would quite like to do, I think. Um, and then, I don't know, just not, just keep going, not fail, not be unemployed, you know. <laughs> keep the, I, I love stuff. I genuinely love the company and I love everybody that's in there and we've got a real good vibe going and everybody's dead nice and there's, there's a zero asshole rule and, you know, everybody just gets on and they, everybody, well, they say they enjoy, of course they're going to tell me they enjoy the work because, everybody seems to get on really well it's class and it's just a nice place to be and the longer it keeps going the better yeah i will say like definitely it is such a credit to us for you know being able to pick this up so much and that kind of mindset mindset as well because um like as if people don't know like you guys were essentially my first kind of stringent into (laughs) kind of tv and stuff like that and um that's what I thought um, all normal work was going to be like, whereas everybody's going around the office having some crack, whatever, like this, be like, yeah, there's going to be drinks this night and all these things. You guys probably set me up for the biggest <laughs> letdown when I had to go and do like normal, like, you know, not fun TV work after it. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. no, I couldn't appreciate it um, more as well. I think you guys came in with the best kind of mindset being this is what we want to do. And you know what I mean? There's never a stage. I think, like, even now, we're like, you're obviously joking and stuff like this, but like, as you said, everything that you do, you are still looking back at me like, how did we get away with this? <laughs> There's never one point where, you know, you're turned around and be like, I'm the exec of this. And, you know, people are, you know, afraid to say something to you. Like, I mean, for here, here's me, like, I literally shot you a message yesterday on Facebook to be like, here, <laughs> sorry about that. not busy I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, sweet. Stop the counter, we crack, yeah. But um, no, uh, I suppose that's uh, all I have time to grill you for today. Um, no, like, but I just want to say thank you so much um, for coming on. 
and uh, give me your time um, surviving uh, your hangover. <laughs> yeah, literally, you're speaking to me while hungover. I mean, it's hard at the best of times, but like uh, even doing this, if people want to uh, find out a bit more about Stellify, about yourself or anything that's going on kind of even in the industry, um, where should they get in touch, follow? Like, I mean, if, if people want to stalk you, Essentially, that's why I'm asking. How, me. How God, to. You know, I love the I love the attention, as you know. Uh, we have we've got really good social media um, presence. Um, Stuart Murdoch handles it for us. We've got we're on Insta. I, mean, I don't know any of the handles, but we're on Insta. We're on Twitter. Um, we've got a YouTube channel, which is class. Stuart manages. Um, it's got all the the millionaire clips and Flinch stuff. Unseen things are up there as well, which is quite good. Um, so we're not hard. We're not hard to find if if people are looking for us. <laughs> No, that's perfect. Should you be in the market to look up a TV company? We're not that hard to find. You know? <laughs> Sorry, uh, yeah, you haven't heard about us. What? What's going on there? Yeah, that's Your life is more... ending and meaningless. <laughs> well, here, thank you so much, and I'll let you on, and uh, hope you survive the rest of your day, and you don't want to die. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get a Mars bar and a tin of coke, and I'm gonna lie down. <laughs> Thank you. Good talking to you, man. Call in when you get a chance whenever COVID breaks. Come and see us. Absolutely. Yeah, you'll regret saying that to me, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll do it anyways. Here, I'll see you later, anyways. All right. All right, dude. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Finchviews. If you'd like to support the podcast, please remember to like, share, subscribe, and follow me on socials on Instagram at Finchviews underscore podcast, on Twitter at Finchviews pod, and let me know who you would like to hear me chat to next. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in again, and I'll see you later. Bye.